Clapping. Clapping. How? Yeah, right. Welcome, everybody, to Fandom Nights, where we break down pop culture three fandoms at a time. I'm Chris. Uh, I'm Dustin. I'm Sherman. It's one fandom Question? at a time. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, book two, episode 16, Appa's Last Days. Uh, Lost. I know. <laughs> I wanted to get a rise out of you. <laughs> this was released on... October 13th, 2006. Uh, We're going to have a Cain and Abel event going on here? Just <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Dustin, take us through the story. I Cain, though. Cain, Cain's a crazy dude. I have a theory about Cain. I'll tell you about it later. But uh, Dustin, take us through the story. Mephisto? Yes, everything's Mephisto. We're all... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Am oh. I the invisible woman? <laughs> We're not talking one of those. I don't know. Do you identify as a woman? Um, don't even get me started on that. So I just wanted to point out before. What do you we start- call a female ladybug? A ladybug. Confused. <laughs> no, male. Sorry, I messed it up. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Off last days. So this episode won a this episode won a Humane Society Genesis Award for its depiction of animal cruelty. Whoa, in the Circus. that was cool. that was uh, one of my trivia's for this. Wow, <laughs> beat you to the punch. <laughs> uh, so it starts off with being like four weeks ago, and it's basically showing Oppa's point of view. This whole episode is Oppa's point of view of the last yeah. four weeks. There's and not a lot of bending in this one. Just a heads up. <laughs> yeah, but the, so the beginning of the episode here, we get the put a muzzle on it, which I'm like. Yeah. Whoa, we didn't hear that before, did we? Was it, no, I was going to rewatch that one episode. The, I brought that up when we when we did you, that episode. Okay. You don't the hear that. Fix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I appreciated it. <laughs> uh, so uh, Apo almost breaks free um, from the Sandbenders' grip until the Sandbenders lock their feet in the sand, and mm-hmm. then they are able to overpower him and take him to the ground. And so uh, the Sandbenders ransack his saddle and don't really find too much that they like so they just leave it yeah <laughs> and uh the sandbenders claim that uh he's like too much to handle so they'll sell him to the beetle-headed merchants which are literally beetle-headed <laughs> like <laughs> i was like Wait, were the merchants beetle-headed yeah they have beetle they literally helmets have, like, beetle helmets oh i was like i remember them riding beetles i don't remember the helmets yeah, yeah okay um appa sneezed the sand sta- uh the sand sail into the side of the mountain where the group yeah, finds it. Yeah, I know that was so cool. Yeah. What, what are they going to do when they find out we lost the sand sailor? Well, we stole it from so and so. The beetle-headed merchants. You just realize how much like this guy is just like a crappy person. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the the actual king seems like he's a decent dude, but the king's son is just messed up. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of uh, Wait, who's some the king? person who's in charge. Yeah, of what king? Right now. Yeah, what king? Because he's like the prince of the sand vendors right now. There's no prince or king. Well, when... Uh, it's just a group of sandbenders. Oh, well, the leader, I guess. Maybe not the oh. king. The leader. This is the leader's son, right? When is it ever depicted? Because there's a leader. When, yeah, when... When, uh, when Aang comes when... out of the, the, the beehive or whatever, and he's like, where is Appa? You stole him. And Toph's like, he's the one who took him. I recognize his voice. The, the one who took him is the, the leader's son. Where does it? It was like the chief of their tribe. The chief of their tribe. When does it ever specify that though? Uh, towards towards that, it was in that scene. It was in that when, scene where when they recognized the voice and all that stuff. At the out, and they specifically said, "You're the son of the yeah. leader." Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyways, um, so 
Um, basically, the Sandbenders are dropping him off at the Beetle-Headed Merchants, and the... I'm just calling them the Beetle-Heads. They're like, how's the temper? And they said, pretty good. And then uh, Appa just, like, roars at them. <laughs> he's like... Most of the time. Yeah, some of the time. <laughs> yeah. And so the Beetle-Heads aren't, aren't too concerned about it. They're going to sell him uh, to someone in Bossian Say. Uh, they might even sell him for parts or whatever. That was messed up. Like, mm-hmm. sell him for parts? What does that mean? There's so much in that line. Like, does that mean that animals are just spliced together? Is that why there's all these mixes of animals? Like, the parts? Or, I don't know. Well, or is it just... Parts like sell the kidney? Okay. Like... Something like that. You know, like... The hide and the... Okay. Yeah. I was thinking more like, whoa, that's a line that shows, like, where that's all like these Jurassic hybrids... Park stuff. That's where all these hybrids came from. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, Appa hears the whistle... Yeah. And goes nuts. Like, Aang's whistle uh-huh. in the desert and mm-hmm. goes absolutely nuts. Yeah. I love Appa's sound. I don't know why. <laughs> but Appa, he sees the Aang's sand cloud in the distance as he's like, like, because he got, he got the poison oh, in him and it's yeah. making him go to sleep. And as his eyes are closing, he sees the sand mushroom cloud in the distance. That yeah. Did. Yeah, they call them the, the sheer shoe spit darts. What's the sheer shoe again? Sheer shoe's the thing that uh, they used to track Aang in the first season. Oh, that, so it's like, the thing with the tongue that yeah. like, disables you. That's why it's Whoa, a spit dart. A spit dart. Okay, that's cool. I knew that oh, sounds so familiar. Oh, so they just take this harvest of saliva from the <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. For paralyzing. Hmm. Interesting. See, yeah. but here's the weird thing. They took three darts and it took him down, yet he got hit by the sheer shoe many times and was able to withstand it. Was it only three darts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right yeah. in the foot. Just, yeah, just right concentrated foot. or something. I um, I would uh, I would also say like chalk that up to like adrenaline because mm. like when Aang's like in a fight like right in the and Appa's right there with him. True. Like He's not Appa's be. probably like <laughs> full adrenaline. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Uh, and the darts probably can get through the fur better than like the tongue. Just. Like, I don't know. True. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's probably it's in probably, the actual yeah. bloodstream. It's probably just a continuity thing, but it, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, so, the last thing Alpha hears, like I said, he's going to be sold for parts. And then as he wakes up, he wakes up at the circus. And then this tamer claims that he's going to break him. Yeah, in the Fire Nation. Yeah. I, like, Fire Nation. Circus. They said they were going to bring him to Bossing City to sell him. And then all of a sudden he's in the Fire Nation. Like, that just threw me off for a second. Unless I missed something. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are Fire Nation colonies in okay. the Earth Kingdom. Oh, there is? Yeah. Because, uh. so, and this gets into, like, uh, season three, like, Aang portrays him, or portrays himself as a... Who's on? Yeah, as a colonizer. Oh, okay. Like, he's part of the Fire Nation colonies in the Earth Kingdom. Okay. Makes sense. There's not Fire Nation colonies in Ba Sing Se, though, is there? In the no, city? In no. The city. No. That's well, because wrong. there's no war in Ba Sing Se. Right, right, yeah. Uh, fun continuity thing for this. This is the exact same uh, circus, and this is on their fandom uh, website for. Oh, same as Tylee. Yeah, really. The exact same, same circus one? as Tylee. Whoa. Appa is apparently supposed to replace her show or her act because. <laughs> really? Yeah, they haven't had like a big act since Tylee left. <laughs> huh. Wow, that's kind of cool, right? Some big shoes. Oh, little shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Uh, so Appa makes a new friend that looks exactly like Aang, just with a crazy mm-hmm. hair. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the tamer is showing him how to earn his food, and Appa's just stealing the cabbages. 
Yeah. Just you're going to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to pay for that. Um, so the Tamer was just basically training Appa to be afraid of fire, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. Um, which comes back many times later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the Tamer calls him a wind buffalo, not a sky bison. Yeah, I kind of like that. Really weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, nobody's seen him in... Act like these things in generations, so like, mm-hmm. what else would anybody call them? Well, I think, I mean, obviously they're around, but they're just an endangered species at this point, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because technically they find a colony later on. Yeah. Um, so Appa looks at the boy, and all he sees is Aang laughing. Mm-hmm. His best friend. Kind of. Made me sad there. I know. This whole, one, <laughs> this whole one was really sad, and, but it was really good. But yeah. It was really sad, and. But it didn't like actually make me tear up or anything. No. But. Uh, so the boy uh, doesn't like seeing him in danger and tells him to get out of here. And so basically, Appa like does his little trick and then flings the the rings at the the tamer and knocks him on the head. Good like, shot. Yeah. <laughs> right on the head. Like Doom! that looked very painful. <laughs> yeah. Like his body just stiffened and fell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then after that, he basically escapes and. Uh, Still has his shackles on him, though. Right, still time, got the shackles. Which made it even more sad. Everything that he was going through, he's still, like, shackled up the whole time. Ugh. I didn't I didn't count this against, like, my, my rating later, but there's an editing issue in this situation. Because, oh. like, I totally understand, like, when, like, he flies through, like, and, like, his costume falls out. Mm-hmm. But, like, how did his makeup magically disappear? Did he have makeup on? yeah. Because he has, like, a bunch of, like, makeup on his face. He licked it off. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, everything disappears while he's, like, flying out of the tent. Hmm. But all of a sudden, the makeup's just magically gone. Yeah, weird. Okay. I think it wiped on the tent as he was leaving. It's just an awful mixed, face on the side of the tent. Mixed with how fast he was going, it could have just fell off, maybe? <laughs> they... <laughs> It's an it's an editing issue that gets brought up on on like the oh, okay. the fandom too. So, yeah. <laughs> spoofs. <clears throat> uh, so Appa is in search of food, and he finds this like weird small little egg in the middle, and then this little lizard at the last second like picks it up and then yeah. runs away with it. And then he uh, finds this like cactus and bites it. I got excited for a second. Uh, I'm like, oh, Appa's gonna get hopped up on cactus juice, but no, he didn't. Nope. <laughs> Probably too big for it to like. <laughs> And then he runs into the vulture wasps. Mm-hmm. But he gets some honey out of it, so it wasn't total Buzzard wasps. wasps. Yeah. <laughs> the fandom specifically says buzzard wasp. Hey, for the creature guy, I've had to look all these up. <laughs> There's not a single well, creature in this episode that so I don't have an answer for. We skip past it, but what was the creature, the vulture thing that was in the uh, cage? It's a lion vulture. Lion vulture. It's uh, funny thing is before I even looked it up, I just wrote down vulture lion question oh, mark. Okay. And then nice. when I looked it up, it was a lion, lion vulture. vulture. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, huh. interesting. Just like the the beetles that the they carries off his cart in the, mm-hmm. or like thing in the beginning yeah. is a giant rhinoceros beetle. Hmm. I just called the thing a griffin. In my mind, it does look like it a griffin. Just a smaller neck or a longer neck, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Appa's all, all full, uh, all full of like pricks and needles, and covered in honey, and then like in his tongue at least, and then finds a barn to rest in, and then dreams of his early days with his mom. I imagine that's it his was mom. So cute, and yeah, his mom, baby Appa. I know a little baby Appa. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> 
So then it cuts to Aang, like, sleeping with the group, mm-hmm. and he's like, we'll be together forever. Man, that's just maybe even more sad. Was that was that a flashback from a previous episode? Serpent's it looked, Pass. It looks. Yeah. It's from the Serpent's Pass when they're sleeping on top. Do we hear Aang say that? Mm-hmm. No, we just saw, that's when they were sleeping all together. Mm-hmm. Okay. For some reason, him saying that looks familiar. I was, I don't know. So uh, Apollo, your notes look different. Yeah, I'm just looking at other stuff. Oh, I see. Not prioritizing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Apollo gets caught by these two random people in the barn and gets freaked out by the fire torch. And so he storms off. And then uh, Appa crosses paths with Iroh and Zuko, or just flies by at least. <sighs> Iroh, who spots him and doesn't tell Zuko, mm-hmm. which I think is actually kind of important to note because yeah. Zuko is like on the spiritual journey of like trying to get past wanting the Avatar and trying right. to find his own path. Yeah. So if, if Iroh would have been like, Avatar, he would have been like, all right, yeah. I'm on it. <laughs> what, and that scene too, I, I put down, did, did Iroh think that the Avatar was with him? Like... I think he just caught a glimpse of the bison. Well, yeah, he saw the bison. Be a lead. But yeah, you you assume that oh, the avatars are around here right. because the bison's here, or the avatars on the bison because he doesn't know what right. happened. To, yeah. Well, whenever you see the bison, you've usually seen Aang. Right. Um. So, what, you gonna say something? I think I think part of the reason why he didn't probably say anything is like that would be an awkward moment, being like, oh, there's the avatar, and the, like if Zuko was like, oh, let's go, like they're on a boat. At that point, right. where like with a bunch of Earth Kingdom refugees, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be like, oh, um, it's not a good hey, time to be have the Zuko worst freak out about <laughs> yeah. the Avatar. <laughs> it is my honor, my destiny. <laughs> I was literally just like, my honor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Appa runs into a porcupine. Yep. Oh, uh, I didn't. For some reason, like I saw the spikes in Appa after the fight, but I didn't. I was like, was those just, were those just spiky twigs that stabbed him? I didn't notice there was a porcupine boar. Okay, no, no, it's a, a boar Q dash pine. Well, if he's correcting me, we're correcting you too, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, we gotta keep the continuity on track. So yeah, he starts fighting that uh, porcupine, and this boar is strong for being like a third of the size of Appa. Like he just apparently crazy strong though. Like they're dangerous. Apparently, according to the fandom, but Appa's ten tons. Yeah, according (laughs) to the fandom wiki, this fight would not normally last this long. Like Appa would knock this guy out. Oh, he did at the end. Yeah, but I'm saying like the reason it lasted so long is because he's like so so, like weak at this point. Malnutrition. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah, Appa throws in like 500 feet through the dirt. Not just through the air, but like through the actual. I know, you like, see like <laughs> the, that cloud of dust yeah. in yeah. the woods. Yeah. I'm like, oh. And then he just gets up and <laughs> just like scurries <laughs> off. <laughs> Sorry, don't mess with me. Uh, Appa then goes and finds some kind of tomb looking thing. And then. Yeah, that cave that the well, that's the cave that the porcupine, the porcupine came out of. Yeah, right. Oh, I just is that it, where he came out of? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I just called it a tomb. It was kind of like a tomb. I yeah. Guess. Well, Appa just wants to sleep this whole time. He's hungry and he wants to sleep. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the acronym like? Hungry, afraid, or hungry, lonely, tired? I don't know. When, when you're at your weakest point, is when you're like hungry, lonely, tired, like all these different things, and like I've just heard it in like sermons and stuff like that's when you get tempted or things like that but 
you just get beaten down when you're all those things put together, you know? When we reach our lowest point, we are open to the greatest of change. Whoa, what's that from? Avatar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I knew it. I, I can't remember. I can't quote it's the. A, it's Avatar Aang talking to Korra when Korra oh, loses yeah, her bending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she loses her bending oh. and only has air bending. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is when Aang like unlocks it for her again. Yeah. Hmm. The part you don't like. I, I do like. It's, it's a good line. No, no. Yeah. You already said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then the next scene, we see the Kyoshi Warriors back again. Yeah. And, uh, Suki, more importantly, uh, recognizes the fur. That all the other Kyoshi warriors are finding, and she's like, "Let me see that." She finds it. Like, like, everyone's just tracking off all the time by his fur. Yeah, <laughs> shit's like crazy. Shitting. <laughs> Their greatest asset is just like the biggest marker for them. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's uh, yeah, right there. <laughs> Where's the avatar? He's over there. He's over there. <laughs> we know exactly where everyone in the world knows where he is because there's a trail literally to where he's at. Which yeah. makes which makes me think Detective Zuko is not doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Everybody else is like, oh. But Detective Zuko's not a detective right now. He's, he's uh, shirking his duties. Yeah, because he's pouring tea. Mm-hmm. And going on dates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Suki gains his trust. Because, uh, as we later find out, uh, fear is where trust should be in Appa. I know. And uh, Suki gets him in top, uh, tip-top shape again and feeling good and feeling happy, at least for the moment. Until Azula comes and ruins all that fun. Oh my god. <sighs> but we do learn how later they get the Kyoshi Warrior outfits, though, by attacking the Kyoshi Warriors. Right. Um, so Appa visits the other air temples. He visits the eastern air temple in hopes of finding Aang and... Uh, Appa has this, like, memory of all the little sky bison biting that little metal thing. And then mm-hmm. it just pans back to... Ar, 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 ar. <laughs> I like the, yeah. the, the dust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so sad. What the heck was that little metal thing? They were all biting on it. I could, it's like a, like a teething a toy thing. For, yeah, weird. It's a, it's a combination for teasing and uh, notifying that, like, hey, I'm hungry. Oh. For, like, ting, 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 ting. Like, oh, food. Then you bring them food. That's why, like, it's, it's for all the hay. That's oh, okay. <laughs> oh, the animal guy. <laughs> good point. <laughs> the animals are literally signaling that they're hungry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Appa meets Guru Patik, and he waits for Appa to leave his guard down. Because Appa, he, like, licks him because he thinks it's Aang at first, mm-hmm. and then he, like, puts his guard up and is growling at him the whole time mm-hmm. until for, like, three days until he finally falls asleep. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how he's like, yeah, I know I'm not who you expected, but... I also didn't expect to be licked, licked. by a giant tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the patience of this guy, though. No kidding. And yeah. he knew exactly what Oppa needed. Like, that was the heartbreaking and cool thing. But just, mm-hmm. okay, you're mad at me? I'm just gonna... Like, that's what you do with, like, animal... Like, if a dog's, like, just angry and barking at you, just show them that you're there and that you don't mean any harm and that, you know, you just lay down yeah. and just sleep. Not all the time, but... I have, I have a question. So, later... Or the, the, you know, the season finale of this sh- uh, season, we find out that, you know, this guy is helping Aang with the, the spirit world, and more importantly, I think the Avatar state as well, to help mm-hmm. master the, or control the Avatar state. Future spoilers, jeez. <laughs> I actually don't even remember that, so. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. It's been a long time since I watched yeah, this. So we'll just, we'll just put, a, put a pin on that for later, then. <laughs> uh, so he tells Appa that fear has moved in the place of where trust is, right, like I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, and, uh. My personal opinion is, like, when he does, like, the, you know, the spirit-bending thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I think he's spirit-bending in some kind of way. Like, maybe not to the 
point where Aang can, because that's an Avatar-only ability. But, like, Unlock did water bending with spirit bending a little bit. But, but Guru Patik isn't, uh, isn't a bender. He just, yeah. he's a spiritual leader. Mm. Like, he just understands... Yeah, but you don't have to have some... I don't, who knows if you have to have bending to actually... Because then what is he doing? It wasn't just animated to show us something. Just, I think like, it's actually... Um, I think the spirit world is kind of like a fifth element almost in this... I think the once, spirit world... Once again, spoiler, like, I think it... No, it's... Uh, he's reading Appa's chakras. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be a bender to do that. You just have to be spiritually enlightened, I think. Yeah, yeah but how many people in this universe are spiritually enlightened? Like, right. him and Aang, maybe? In this universe? Right. Iroh, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. But those three. Which... There's Maybe probably a ton of other people because Ira had to go on that journey. All the White Lotus is probably a pretty spiritual group, aren't they? Um, it seems like no. Isn't that where Ira went down his whole spiritual journey? Was with them? No. No, no it was someone else. Okay. I I wouldn't say the the I White Lotus was, is a spiritual group. He went on a spiritual journey alone. Okay. Because I feel like the spiritual aspect of Avatar universe could, is open to anybody. You know what I mean? The, Later find out it is. The White Lotus yeah. is is for teachings aren't like sp- nation specific yeah like they should be open to anybody right um because like i wouldn't consider boomy like a spiritual leader but like right i mean he's definitely like a you know master bender what was the was it chakras that he talks about with uh, momo and uh g g's or jinns yeah, like... jinns there's, yeah. there's like four of them. There's 85 or, or of the them. 85 of them. You think that there's only this many, but there's actually 85, and Momo has a few himself. And So there, there's something else in this world other than just bending that, you know. There's, there's I mean, the there's universe. a few things, because, yeah. like, I mean, shockers are totally different. Yeah. Like, you know, jinns are totally well, different. The, this uh, <clears throat> Guru Patik, he, he says there's invisible strings that connect us all, and he can kind of just tell where Aang is just based off of how connected... Their unbreakable bond. Right. That's just kind of cool. <clears throat> and he wants to train the Avatar. And then he gives him that message or whatever. Which, mm-hmm. where, do, where do we find that message? Is it on his horn the whole time? The rest of the episode? Yeah. It is? I think. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fall does. off when he gets captured and all that stuff? I guess not. I'm assuming uh, Long Fang probably took it off when they captured him. Yeah. Because you don't see it afterwards. Yeah, sure. you don't see it when he lands. Uh, they probably do talk about it, though, because... They don't talk about it in the next couple episodes. Well, because, I mean, yeah, I know it's, at some point, like, he does have to, like, go to the Eastern Air Temple. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what he so, does. He might but, still have it, I don't know. Well, they go to the Eastern Air Temple in Season 3, though, I think, with Zuko. Mm, that's the that's Western Air Temple. Mm-hmm. Is it? Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. Uh, so, Appa, or Gu, uh, Guru Patik, basically... Tells Appa where Aang is, essentially. Or just hypnotizes him to fly over to Aang, because Appa wakes up above bossing say, like, what the? <laughs> well, they, they do that voiceover where he's like, uh, he says farewell, gentle mm-hmm. peace, or something like that. Yeah. I don't think he was hypnotized, and all of a sudden just like, well, okay, I'm in bossing he, he did, he like woke up, and he's like, whoa, and he, that's when he like landed and stuff, and he was all thrown off by where he was. I think he kind of hypnotized I don't him think... into flying. Mm, was... I don't think that's so. Stretching. If you watch the that's, scene, I'm that's, pretty sure that's, that's what happened. No, that's like um, Invisible Woman stretch there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happened. No. Why does why does Appa wake up and start freaking out when he's flying above Boston Say then? Why is he waking up? 
He's because he out. starts freaking out. Did you not notice Long Fang was blowing the that whistle? whistle? Mm. Oh, the oh, whistle. Okay. Dang. I noticed that after he landed. I didn't notice that he did it. Yeah, he blows. Like, they okay. show, like, they don't show who. They just show, like, a long whistle. Yeah. And, like, somebody's blowing it. And Nop is like, oh. I thought that was after you can tell it's a Dai Li agent. Yeah. But not who. Yeah. I think he hit the, the uh, Guru Pati hypnotized him and he was flying straight to Aang and he would have gone right to Aang but then, so. but then the the Dai Li did that no, whistle no. and then <laughs> just, it just, threw just him off and no, then he thought no. oh no Aang's over here so I just <laughs> it makes sense <laughs> no, just like the Invisible Woman thing only makes sense to you <laughs> <laughs> See, you think about it this way: like as as a guru and like a spiritual leader, why would he hypnotize? Like, I mean, there's no reason to. He, we'll, we'll rewatch it. I swear, he hypnotized him to fly, and then when the whistle went off, he woke up, and that's why he started freaking out. Oh, oh no, no, hold on. Also, if he were gonna hypnotize him, why would he say, "May I attach this to your horn"? Like, yeah. He's How coherent. else is he supposed to send his message? He, he's coherent if he's, the whole time. If he's going to hypnotize him, why, like, you, you literally just do that after you hypnotize him. <laughs> you can just hypnotize him and then put. you don't have to ask to put the note on. He wants him to be aware that it's something that's on him, so when he does wake up, he's not like, what the heck, there's another thing I don't think, to me. Uh, typically, I mean, I don't know if it's for sure, but I don't think like deer or anything like that can actually feel their antlers. Like, they can feel pressure and stuff like no, that. No, I'm they not saying feel like feel it. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to feel that there's a Anyways, note attached it's to it's minimal. Them. I'm just saying I'm right. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're in Wanda's reality somewhere. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's all I got. That's the end of that. Yeah, because it is the yeah. end of that. After it. Long Fang captures him, it's done. And then that crazy earth flip thing. like, and then Which the, is the first time you get to see Long Fang actually like earthbend himself. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, the other wise saying in this one was, let the clouds in your mind be gentle, peaceful ones. I wasn't really wise, but... Just, Guru Patek in general is... It just, just made me happy. I'm like, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that when I go to sleep. Sometimes you he's try to fall asleep. He's been sitting at that temple for years waiting yeah. for that. I know. <laughs> and he's like, I had a vision many years ago. Like, what? Like what? When you were hold like on, hold 12? On. <laughs> not, not just that, but like when, when Aang was frozen. Like, he had a vision of Aang. Hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. it hasn't even... Been a year. Well, he's a very spiritual man. He knew the Avatar yeah. spirit was still alive. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like Guru Patek is just super cool. So here's my next theory too. Here, um, you know how oh, should he have been it's the future, Avatar? No, it's future spoilers. I can't talk yeah. about it. For what the series? Does it have to do with this episode at all? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> we can talk just about ask. it. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know now too. Okay. So Guru Patek is uh, eventually trains Aang you know, in the ways of the Avatar spirit or whatever. Okay. And so there's some kind of realization, kind of like Luke, like, oh, like my friends are in trouble. And he doesn't complete, complete his training. And mm-hmm. Guru Patik tells Aang, if you don't stay and complete this training, you yeah. will never control the Avatar state. But he ends up leaving anyways to go try to f- help Katara and Sokka or whatever. Mm. Okay. So my question is, is if, if he would have stayed, do you think he would have been even more powerful against Ozai? Like, would it have been a quicker fight oh instead or... of just like hitting that avatar state like reflexive like you know how he only, almost yeah he, he yeah. seems like he only goes into the avatar state when he's in like, incredible like yeah. anger like or sadness stuff, she can flash into the avatar state but then take control of it no no, no but like so uh guru patik like shows him how to hit the avatar state by like sacrificing worldly mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and the only way he can do that is if he lets go of katara 
And he can't do that. And he can't do that until he, in his head, thinks that she's dead. Because, like, she, he sees her, like, take this massive blast from, like, a dozen firebenders, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, do you think that is what, like, just instant, like, let go? That, like, that would unlock his ability to, like... If he wouldn't... Enter in and out of, like, the Avatar state at will? If he would have stayed? Either one. If he had stayed and let go of Katara... I don't know. It's, it's kind of a similar question of, like, what would have happened if Luke stayed? You know? Would he have... Would it, would it, would it have turned out better for everyone? I mean, no. Luke... Yeah. Or Han and Leia would probably be dead. Right. Yeah. Um, what is it with these masters always telling the students, no, you need to stay and complete your training. Let your friends die. <laughs> what the heck? It's the, just implementing a moral dilemma. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what the writers are doing. But in universe, like, what the heck are they thinking? You're, right. You, you're asking uh, your student to let their friends die when I can prevent it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so bending numbers. This one did not have a lot of bending. There was zero of water, uh, 11 of earth. Uh, most of those were the sandbenders. Hmm. And then that one earth clip at the end. And I... I didn't count the the first little bit of bending with Toph like holding the library and stuff and the her trying to because we already seen that. we already saw that I counted them just in case we wanted to add them but I didn't count them so uh, then there was so zero water eleven earth seventeen of fire and then zero of air which yeah zero of air there's a couple of Aang and Appa bending but mm. the Aang bending ones we've already seen because he was flying See, he did po- the mushroom thing but you did zero of air yes. But like, Appa specifically airbends in this. I know. In this, no, no, no. I know. In this episode, with like visual and sound yeah. effects. Yeah. Would you even count any of them? Because like when he's sucking those cabbages into his mouth, I like counted, he's airbending that. There's five specific times that he specifically airbends <laughs> that you see on screen. It says two with the cabbages, one two times, two times with the hay, oh, and yeah. then one when he swats the the fly things down. Oh but yeah, we've never counted off a bending because it's an animal. It's so on screen not, bending. I know, but we've we've clarified it before where it's humans bending on screen is what we've clarified. Can it we as. make an exception for Appa considering he's part of the core team? I mean, we yeah. can, but then every time he flies, we got to count it, and that's a lot of. <laughs> See, I don't know if that's air bending for it you is. though, because like, I mean. I think we already came to an agreement that it was, because how else are you going to lift 10 tons? Yeah, it is airbending. So, we haven't been counting. I'm just doing humans bending on screen. I could do it again some other other time with Appa, but, yeah. So, five Mm -hmm. if we we count those. If it was Appa, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then seven if we counted Aang, but we already saw those, so, yeah. Anyways, I'm trying to be as thorough as I can, but I'm trying to stick to whatever we decided on, so it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of a gray area, and it's... Obviously going to be disputed a little bit, but Great. whatever. So that's all I got for that, Sherman. What do you got for? So you we said had, you had the, a couple trivia things or whatever too. Well, here you took the one for this oh. episode. I got another one for next episode. But <laughs> sorry, uh, you're good. <laughs> what, uh, was the, what was the award this one won again? The Humane Society thing. Oh, okay, that's really cool for depicting animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So we had the giant, uh, giant rhinoceros beetles, platypus bear, lion vultures. The weird lizard that uh, comes and takes the egg away from Appa mm-hmm. is, uh, it's a Gallicorn. Okay. Is it um, a real lizard? No, it's, it's, um, specific- Gilicorn, sorry. 
so like a Gila monster or whatever, a yeah. Gila monster. But uh, um, so apparently the there's actually history for the desert um in the this world, hmm. like so not like real world uh history for it. Yeah. So there used to be giant versions of these lizards oh. that roamed the desert. Okay. Which is why and they actually mainly fed on the rhinoceros beetle which is why the beetle-headed merchants have the tiny head like helmets because the small versions of these used to be the main source of food for the giant gilicorns wow but um after like the beetles went underground for so long that they ended up becoming bigger and like the gilicorns would ended up diminishing and getting smaller where is all this history in the comic books or something? Or just... You know, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Uh, just in the fandom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They've they've got references for everything. Um, we see the mongoose lizards again with um, mm-hmm. Azula, May, and Ty Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually got this one without having to look it up. The jackalope, which is a fictional creature in any universe. Um, it's a mythical being. Uh, is it in this one? Yeah, it's the little rabbit-looking thing oh, that uh, cool. is trying to eat the cactus. That's awesome. Yeah, a jackalope. Nice. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I, I remember seeing the little animal, but I didn't catch that it was a jackalope. <laughs> uh, we had to talk about buzzard wasps, porcupine, <laughs> and then we do get to see a little scan or a little pan over of uh, the pygmy pumas <laughs> um, when he finally shows up to Bossing Say. Nice. Uh, for cast stuff, I thought this was kind of cool. So this is the second episode that Sokka and Katara don't have a single line. Hmm. They're not even on the cast roster for this episode. Wait a minute. Toph's not in this episode either. She does have lines oh, she in, is the in the beginning. beginning. She is in the beginning. I just remember you bringing up that trivia thing, like, this is the last episode that Toph's not in or whatever. And I'm like, yep. wait a minute. <laughs> She's technically in this episode. Yeah. But, like, Sokka and Katara are pictured, they but are they don't sleeping. say anything when they're sleeping. Yeah. Right. Yeah, good point. Um, they didn't have any speaking lines in Zuko alone either. Hmm. So, I cool. think only Zuko did. Out of the group, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> cool. Um, so yeah, let's rate this thing. Uh, Dustin, the so the plot and the story, the, the story arc. What would you rate the story arc? Uh, the arc was good. It was an all-around arc to complete the missing time with Appa. <clears throat> So mm-hmm. I'll give it a nine. Nine, okay. Um, the execution, pacing, and vision, and entertainment value. Yeah, I had a, I had a thought on that too. Um, I just wanted to make a point that we can't really say it was well executed or not. I was thinking about that we're because we didn't our, because we didn't create. Yeah, so we're we rating was executed to the degree that they wanted. And I just called it execution. We can call it something different. But the pacing, the vision, does it have? Does it tie into the grander story? And then was it entertaining? We can call it something different. I just didn't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pacing was good. It was not too fast or slow. It was a good pace to keep you on track for the last four weeks of Bob's life, you know, without the team. Oh. <laughs> In my head, I flashed off his last days again. I'm like, the last four weeks of his life, what happens next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <myself> out. <laughs> uh, the vision was good. There wasn't really anything out of place as far as this. Uh, the entertainment was good. There was a couple of funny moments as well with uh, the beetle-headed people and the licking the guru thing. Yeah. It wasn't too much comedy or entertainment, but it was inter- entertaining. <coughs> so, overall, execution? I'll give it a nine. Nine? Okay. 
Uh, the characters in this episode are written pretty well. He gave Iroh a moment with concealing info and hopes to help Zuko spiritually. And uh, the plausibility was fine because there wasn't anything out of this fantasy world that couldn't happen in this fantasy world. You know me. hate comparing real life to fantasy worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, nothing in this world didn't seem like not plausible to the storyline. Yeah. Uh, the originality... There was a jackalope, man! That is not possible! <laughs> so it was bending. Yeah. <laughs> originality was uh, a 10 for me because this was all an original story. So, Duh. So overall, the, the writing in general, you'd say 10? Yeah. For all of it? Okay. Uh, yeah, but there's nothing here we haven't really seen before as far as plot-wise. Well, but it was... It was very uh, original. I mean, this is one of the... It was almost like all uh, unspoken. There's people speaking in it, but Appa's, this was Appa's journey. This was a story arc for Appa. He can't speak. And so getting to my stuff, the performance, the delivery, being effective, emotional, plausible, like it's all just grunts and like animation. And so the delivery is partially the, the what happens on screen and what he does. And man, Appa delivers it. Like the way that they animated that animal looked like a, a tortured animal like oh yeah he went from happy appa being captured well that sounds weird but you know what i mean normal appa being captured to being just completely beat down and then kind of coming back and just getting cap. i'm not gonna lie it kind of makes me like love d bradley baker even more like Mm -hmm. being able to deliver those kind of lines or like the voice actor for appa oh really yeah (laughs) being able to do that kind of stuff was like different versions of like like his grunts or like his roars or yeah so, that all being said, goes from such a low voice of Appa to such a high voice of Momo. I know both. <laughs> yeah, that all being said, Appa's was a, was really good, but the rest of everything that happened on there was meh. So I gave it an eight for de- uh, delivery because Appa elevated it, but there wasn't like, carried the yeah yeah. So eight on that. Then the action, the blocking, the stunts, and the environment, because there wasn't many lines, that's why I didn't do the delivery as high. But th- this one was all just acting, in a way. You know what I mean? Like, where, where, where he was. And so I gave that a 9. wasn't perfect, but everything Appa did just elevated that up high. And then uh, the believability, I uh, gave an 8. Again, Appa was amazing. The rest of it was just kind of there to fill it in. So, I don't know. Uh, Sherman, the sounds? Uh, I gave it a 10. Um, score was amazing. They had a... a <laughs> no, no, no. Well, once again, like, with... Like Dustin was saying, like this isn't anything we haven't seen before. Like they're they're very good about doing uh, key episodes like this, like very mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, early on, like when he's flying around by himself, like you can they add a lot more strings. So for the score, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more strings. Um, they add in horns and percussion to like give that added tension mm-hmm. with using in the music. Yeah. Um. I like that Guru Pachik had his own little, like, theme music for, like, every time he's on screen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then, for the mix, like, there's little parts where they add, like, super low notes of, like, a flute or something like that. Mm. To, like, really bring that sadness home. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, so good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good, especially for, I mean, just the sound in general for this, this entire series. Oh, yeah. Because it was like a weekly show, and the production pace of shows like this, like I've seen like documentaries of like how they make The Simpsons or, you know, 
these shows have been going on so long consistently. Yeah. It's like a breakneck pace, and you just got to keep up with it. And so you can't plan ahead for like uh, theme music for everything. And but they do a really good job. <coughs> well, trying and, to tie it all together. Yeah, the amount of editing and like extra production that goes into like after yeah. like voiceover. When on a show recording. like this, the the people who are doing the score don't always know what's happening on the episode when they're scoring it. So. <laughs> Not yeah, all the time. Do. Not all the time. Most of the time. That's that's why. Well, like, they know like the general big storyline, but they don't know exactly what's going to happen at every little bit. Have you but, ever seen that them do stuff like that? They play yeah. the episode in front of like <laughs> like John Williams. The orchestra. Knows no, I know. Happens before. Yeah, yeah. So like they know exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. <coughs> or else you couldn't deliver the music properly. Yeah, it'd be it'd be like you'd be writing super off. Random no, music sorry. For random it, scenes. W- for that one episode, yes, but they don't know that, like, like when they introduced the Fire Nation theme, the dun 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 dun, they didn't know in that first episode when they were recording that what was going to happen to Zuko ultimately. Yeah, they did. I'm just saying they they didn't know to put a theme for Zuko because oh, they the, they oh. don't know the grand scale of every single character, so you can't put it. It's not as uh, detailed as a movie, say, where like this movie's all planned out and all that stuff, because it's up in the air to a point. I suppose. I don't know. Uh, so the visuals, what would you give that? Uh, I give it a nine. Framing nine. is, is kind of tough for for an animated show yeah. a lot of times because, like, the, like the, the camera angle, quote-unquote, moves so frequently that, yeah. like, having people, like, walk in and out of frame or, like, things changing in the frame mm-hmm. are, are, like, you know, it changes so frequently i think they're getting better at the visuals i'm noticing it more and more like the, oh. the animation in the last episode what like the tales of bossing say mm-hmm. like just looked a little different yep and then this one was kind of back a little bit more towards what they were doing before but it, it just it gets like it's like better normal better normal like it, it's going in steps and like right. these two episodes specifically there's a shift in how they animate stuff and it you well, tell, and that's just it. You like, can tell there's two main animation companies that that did this series, and they kind of went every other episode uh, through the series. Hmm. And uh, you can tell that both companies are getting more comfortable with these characters, and they're getting better with their animation and stuff of them. Because like uh, motion and editing for the for the this episode was super great. Like um, that one fight scene between the Kyoshi Warriors and the uh, uh, they did that like freeze frame, like ah, and then like turned into like a painting kind of then it went to the next scene it's like oh right something new okay uh from motion i specifically brought out like the the fight between like appa and that porcupine mm-hmm. was just perfect with that like that cool. fall down the, the mountain yeah. like throwing the porcupine through like the kicking <laughs> in the gouging in the mud and the blood and the beer <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> um editing i thought was really cool so when you get a wide shot in the very beginning of the, of the episode you see when all the sandbenders are like mm. trying to like you know time down yeah uh i don't know if you got this or like added this to your bending numbers but you can actually visibly see each one of them have like their rock or like yeah, turned the I sand into rock yeah um well just the fact that you can see that i right. thought was really cool yeah um and then like t- th- as the episode progresses just how disheveled he like looks mm-hmm. more and more mm-hmm. up until he get- meets the kiyoshi warriors yeah when he's just like he looks he looks like he's literally just been beaten through the mud. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I gave the I gave visuals a nine. Uh, effects I also gave a nine. I thought the 
so many different sets throughout this whole episode. Yeah. Uh, desert, circus, cave. The air temple was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the first time we get to the... Uh, Eastern Air Trouble. Right? Yeah. Yep. And it's the only one that doesn't have a titled episode. Oh. Every yeah. every other yeah, Air Temple gets its own title episode. Right. Um, props I thought were really cool. Uh, two specifically that I thought were really cool. The Shershoot Spit Jets, which I know was a super minor thing, but I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but the added fan shields, did you guys notice that? Yeah, I put on there cool shields because it's like a fan and it goes right? and it turns into a shield. And it blocks fire like it's a strong I know. shield. I'm like, what the? Yeah, where's this technology mm-hmm. been this whole I time? <laughs> they have a printing press, so yeah, I, don't know. I suppose <laughs> they do. Cause, I mean, that's how they got all the flyers done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for special effects or visual effects, like, um, I thought it was really cool. The guy that the trainer that was using that fire whip, mm-hmm. the the animation for the whip looked very similar to that weird blue line when. Jet and oh, Zuko yeah. were fighting. Mm-hmm. It had a similar appearance because I know you were asking if it was firebending, mm-hmm. um, but it looked exactly like that, but just red. Right. And I, I personally love the way it looks. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Cool, uh, Dustin. What would you overall rate this episode? Are we even like plain numbers on them? Yeah. I'll give it a nine then. A nine, near perfect. Well, it's not perfect. So yeah. yeah. So it's we've rated this exactly a nine. There you go. Everything added together. Nice. And IMDB gave it a 8.9. So we're pretty much right in there. Nice. <laughs> right on, right on. Cool. Well, that's all we got for this episode. Dustin, you want to take us out? Uh, I suppose so. I suppose. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching this episode of Fandom Nights. Be sure to become a Fandom Knight on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, the whole nine. <laughs> Uh, subscribe to our youtube channel our itunes and spotify podcasts um and also keep listening to us we would love that (laughs) yep yep yep. yep.